Hey everyone, I've got some exciting news for you. My brand new book, E-Commerce Growth Strategy, a brand-driven approach to attract shoppers, build community and retain customers is out now. Want to catapult your brand from obscurity to unstoppable? This is the guide you've been waiting for. Drawing from years on hands-on experience and insights from this podcast from over 400 episodes we've recorded, have distilled everything into one essential playbook. Whether you're a founder, an e-commerce executive, or a C-suite bigwig, this book has got something for you. So head over to Amazon or any major book website and grab a copy. Let's turn those insights into bottom line growth. Your journey from zero to iconic starts here. Everything we do, we take a a data-backed approach. So we're no longer kind of just guessing or even only using best practices, which is, of course, what we do, but we we supplement that heavily with data. And so when it comes to personalization and data, there's um, several things to consider. There is terms often used are zero-party, first-party, second- and third-party data. It's a matter of how to get the customer to hear that message from this new brand when they were new. They've been around a while now. And, and believe in it in, in a way that sticks with them. And so that's kind of where the heartbeat of this is and where personalization can always play a role as you're trying to solve the goal of creating a mutually beneficial relationship. It's about making that new concept and new technology and feature approachable. So, so we can talk about big solutions and we can talk about small solutions and, and ways to kind of tiptoe, but I like making things approachable. And you kind of bite off and you see the value of, of starting with a simple concept of personalization. You start actually realizing the benefits. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about personalization, which is taking what you know and doing something about it. It's a great episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. So welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm Kunle Campbell, the host, your humble host who turns up every week. To, 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 to hopefully provide you with insights to help you grow your, your stores, your brand, you know, nine more sustainably and more, most importantly, more profitably moving forward. Today's episode is a very, very interesting one. I quiz Thomas McCotchin, who is the chief strategy officer of Bear Group, a full service e-commerce agency offering strategy, design, development and CRO solutions for e-commerce merchants. In his role, Thomas is focused on strategically simplifying complexity for clients, aligning technology expertise to business needs and strategy. And um, essentially, I, I he's, he's also a founder or was a previous founder of another full service agency called Scottside. He built it out to about 14 team members and then was acquired by Bear Group where he's you know, acting as a chief strategy officer. So he knows his stuff. And rather than just talk about just general conversion rate optimization, tips and strategies, what we decided to talk about today was 
very, very specific to personalization and how to go about personalization in 2024. What I asked him to do was to provide a three-step approach to personalization. One, a, a beginner level, which he explained. One, an intermediate level, which I think applies to most of you who listen to this show. So if you're doing revenues of at least 1 million in, in revenue, one, two, three million in revenue, 5 million is ideal. You should apply the intermediate strategies, personalization strategies he talks about in this show. And then there was the advanced, which I think if you're not at least a hundred million in revenue, you shouldn't even try to implement it just due to the complexity. Um, but but he really, really jives into to, to how to start and, and how to sort of raise your game if you've started. So it's it was it was a good conversation, solid. He, he talked about his backstory. Um, but more importantly, the personalization tips he gives will get you started. Um, because Every little 2% you apply to your business adds up long-term, whether it's from a revenue standpoint or profitability standpoint. And uh, personalization in of itself has an ROI, very clear ROI. And and so if you want to understand the ROI from personalization with with examples he gives, and I've put all the examples in the show notes of this this episode, I would implore you to listen to this episode to understand more about personalization from a very practical perspective. I've written about personalization in the past, but I think his guide, his his guidance here is very practical. And it's it's also um very um, data driven from the fact that um, these guys have actually rolled out this personalization, um, you know, initiatives with with, with with their clients, and they've seen the net impact on on revenue. So he knows his steez. So yeah, just enjoy this episode. That's what I want to do. I want to bring enormous value this 2024. Let's kick 2024 with the you know, with a bang, let's, let's get into 2022 with a bang. Um, really, really good references. I wasn't sure about the conversation initially. And when we started, boy, did he, did he really fire on all cylinders? And it was, it was incredible. You know, Thomas, um, I recommend you, I applaud you rather. Um, very, very nice one. So if you're interested in personalization, do stick around for this one and I shall catch you on the other side. You hear a bit from our sponsors and you know we'll jump right into the show. Cheers. Hey, Commerce Trailblazers, ready for a game changer in your podcast lineup? I've got just the thing, Tread Secrets, a new podcast that's all about giving you the operational edge in e-commerce. Let's go straight to the chase. Unlike most e-commerce podcasts that dwell on marketing and growth stories, Tread Secrets dives deep into the operational heart of e-commerce. This is where the real magic happens. Why tune in? Because Tread Secrets brings you the nuts and bolts of e-commerce success. We're talking the nitty gritty of inventory hacks, cash flow management, sales strategies, supply chain intricacies, product sourcing secrets, and the ins and outs of financing. It's the operational wisdom you need to keep your business not just running, but thriving. Hosted by Peter Beckman, CEO of Tread, the, this podcast is a treasure trove 
of insights from industry experts and successful e-commerce practitioners. It's like having a round table of mentors, each sharing their best kept operational secrets. Don't let this opportunity slip through your fingers. Search for Tread Secrets on your favorite podcast app or visit tread.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-Y-D dot I-O slash podcast. Hit the subscribe button and stay ahead of the dynamic world of e-commerce. Remember, it's T-R-E-Y-D Secrets, the podcast where e-commerce operations meets success. Tune in now and transform the way you do business. Hey, Thomas, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm delighted to, to have you on here. Where are you calling from? I'm from uh, calling from Charleston, South Carolina, and also really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Fantastic. I hear there's some, some weather challenges there, but um, it, it looks like you're faring well. We are. Yeah, it was calling for a big storm today, up to 70 mile an hour winds, but seems to have missed us. Um, some rain, but uh, we're, we're doing fine. Thank you. Fab, 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 fab. There, there's, a, there's a bit of a cold spell here, but, but it's all good. Okay, so let's jump in. I've, I've had a conversation with you. You've had, you have an excellent backstory, which we we just have to share with um, with 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 the with, with the audience. Um, just a top level overview for those who are, who who who, um, who are listening. Thomas is the head of strategy at an agency. It's a CRO agency called um, Bear Group, and he was um, previously the founder of Scottside, if I'm not mistaken, which was acquired by the Bear Group. But I'm not going to be your spokesperson. I I would just love you to to share your backstory, please. Yeah, happily. Thanks. Thanks for that intro. So yes, I am Thomas McCutcheon, the head of strategy now at Bear Group, um, an agency that focuses on growth for uh, e-commerce, um, both a lot of D2C and B2B uh, commerce, um, and helping merchants grow and scale through all phases of their needs, through strategy, design, UX, and of course, great engineering um, and integrations of systems to, to help for scale and growth. And we do that with a data-backed approach. Um, and so, uh, but, but to get there, um, yes, there's, there's always a, a backstory. Um, and, and mine uh, is, is rooted in founding my, my own agency called ScoutSide, and uh, we were focused on the same, the very same work, focused on e-commerce and helping merchants scale and grow. And um, uh, that kind of started from my education, which is computer engineering. I, I studied uh, computer engineering in school and um, realized that uh, I was being um, trained to write code all day, every day. But yet I loved working with people interacting with people and customers and clients and interacting with team members and growing a team. And so I kind of started to shift to beyond just computer engineering and into, you know, management of technology is, is what they called it in school. But uh, out of that, um, I started uh, really just building websites um, and, uh, and enjoyed it um, and liked that work and wanted to do more of it. So, so continued to, to hire people. I focused on e-commerce. Um, out of school, I actually worked uh, at, at a software company making um, uh, in-store solutions for retailer, POS, back office, fulfillment, 
And uh, that's where I learned a lot of retail knowledge. That's where I learned all of my retail knowledge. And, and I realized that, that quickly that, that I could work in any industry. Um, but if I liked the industry, if I was a consumer of that industry, meaning I just simply buy things, um, then I was intrigued by the logic and, and work would be more fun. And that was a lesson very quickly learned. Um, I, I didn't want to make in-store solutions. It, it felt like, you know, this was 2009 and 10. It felt like uh, the, the internet and, and thin apps was where things would go. So I started focusing on e-commerce and grew, grew Scout side. Uh, my goal was always just to do a really great job at what was right in front of me. I, I didn't have a big master uh, plan for um, merging or acquisitions. Uh, I, I loved what I, I, I love, I loved what I did, did and I love what I do. Uh, and I wanted to do more of it. I wanted to hire more talented people. I wanted to grow a team and, uh, that's kind of how we set sail. Um, and so we built uh, a really great team and company and went through a lot of different phases of growth and learned a lot. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's um, always interesting to kind of reminisce on on that that trajectory. There's a lot of different growing pains that that you encounter as you grow. Um, some of ours were at uh, you know going from seven and eight people up to fourteen. That had a big growing pain, and then we were hitting another around eighteen and twenty people. That's that's where Scoutside kind of maxed out a little bit by choice, but we started hitting some growing pains in 2022. And what we really needed to do is, as I looked into the future and, and, and thinking about how we grow, how we reach the next several, uh, next tier of growth, I started kind of plotting out our org chart. And, and we kind of, kind of needed to hire seven more people. We needed to, to build out a sales department. We needed to have more strategists um, uh, and account managers to help assist. And that leap was pretty daunting. Um, that would have been a difficult jump to make in, you know, 24 months, 18 months, 12, nine months. I mean, that, and that's really what we needed to do. I mean, actually, we needed to do that within one calendar year is kind of hire up five to seven people. And, um, and in that kind of realization came along Bear Group. Um, that, that also wanted similar goals. They wanted growth goals. They wanted to build out their team more and they wanted to offer more services specifically, uh, into strategy and design to, to help merchants grow. And, um, and that seemed like a really great opportunity for, for both, both agencies to, to align strategically uh, merge and 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 offer more services to all existing clients and set sail for growth, and so that's that's what we did in all of 2023. Okay, interesting. So you've been running Scout Side for about 12 years, and um, you've you've essentially more than you're you 14 at the time. So 14 divided by about 45 now in in in, in Bear Group. So, so we're, we're talking about 4X, almost a 4X um, in, in, in your throughput. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I hope you're settled in, in at the Bear Group now. Um, but but yeah, um, yeah, let's jump into today's episode, which we I think what we really want to talk about is personalization in e-commerce. 
How would you define personalization in e-commerce, particularly in the context of all that's happening in 2024, all that's happened you know, um, prior to 2024? What, what, what is personalization? I think, uh, I guess, as I would define it, and I, I think many would agree, personalization is the concept of delivering more relevant content to the visitor based on something that we know about that visitor. Um, so not all visitors are the same of, of a digital experience. Not all customers are the same. And, and so how do we uh, capture some data about that customer or potential customer or visitor and serve unique content to better, better uh, put in front of them what they're looking for or what they need? Okay. So the first bit of your definition, like how do we capture data about customers? How, how do we, and, and what data points actually set the foundation for, for personalization strategy? So, uh, yeah, great question. And, and that's a big part of our focus at Bayer is in everything we do, we take a, a data-backed approach. So we're no longer kind of just guessing um, or even only using best practices, which is, of course, what we do. But we, all, we supplement that heavily with, uh, with data. And so when it comes to personalization and data, there's um, several things to consider. Um, there is, uh, you know, terms often used are zero party, first party, second and third party data. And, of course, uh, what was working in the past you know, up till about 2022, is ev- most merchants were relying on third-party data from Facebook and Google. And as privacy has started to become more popular, or or is getting more attention, um, and uh, you know, consumers are more aware of tracking methods, um, which is good, which is a good thing, and and, and most certainly has a, has a place in the market. But what's happening is. More the, the relevant content that was being delivered is 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 now becoming a little less relevant, which means um, ad spend goes up, return on that ad spend goes down, uh, because we know a little bit less about the visitor. So so how do we how do we handle that now and into the future? Is uh, is you know kind of into this conversation of zero and first party data, where you're actually asking the customer questions. And they can come in all sorts of shapes and forms. It can literally be a question. Um, for example, um, uh, you know, ha- you know, if you're selling um, hand soap, how many bathrooms and how many people live in the home? A question like that could help you understand how much you should buy and how frequently you may run out. <clears throat> so you can literally ask a question and start collecting uh, uh, data about that visitor. And of course, there's still older methods uh, that are very relevant, such as um, uh, any information you can glean from the browser, such as IP address when, rel- when, when available, and start digging into demographics. A great example is you know, the northface.com. If you go to the North Face from Seattle, you're going to get rain jackets. And if you go in Miami, you're going to get bathing suits. It's just a really simple example of personalization and how that is really helpful uh, as you land on a site. So so it kind of runs the gamut on how to on how to uh, collect and and ask for and even not ask for information. 
Uh, I like that North Face example, um, which is very geo-targeted. It's 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 very very interesting. Um, I'll, the, so the next set of questions, I well the questions I wanted to ask was more around. I was going to speak to a very specific personalization question, but now that you brought the Miami versus Seattle example of the raincoats versus the the, the bathing suits. As a first step, to me, that sounds more like segmentation, like geo-segmentation. Um, so it's it's not one-to-one from my perspective. It's like you live here, you're in this basket, so we're going to serve you this experience, which makes a lot of sense. For a lot of retailers listening to this podcast, many people haven't taken the first steps, myself included, into personalization, into personalizing, really personalizing the, you know, the experience, thinking about personalization, because a lot of us are very much concerned about acquisition for first-time customers, as well as retention of existing customers, you know, really trying to, to, to maximize CLTV. And I know personalization is part of the story, but for merchants like myself, as well as many listeners speaking for many listeners who 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 are listening to to this you know um, conversation right now, what do you think are the low hanging fruits or first steps we should take towards personalizing experience in um, in our stores? Do do we take the North Face approach or do we go a bit more granular, a lot more focused, or a bit both? Uh. The, the answer to that question lies on a scale, like everything. So, you know, it's, it's uh, how I, I believe in all new topics, meaning if, if someone's listening and they have not started working in personalization, it's about a making that new concept and new technology and feature approachable. So, so we can talk about big solutions and we can talk about small solutions and and ways to kind of tiptoe, but I like making things approachable and you kind of bite off and you see the value of, of starting with a simple concept of personalization. You start actually realizing the benefits. You start feeling that this is approachable. This isn't a really scary, big topic or, or a very expensive topic. It, It can be inexpensive, um, and start seeing the benefits of that. And once you do, take that cost benefit analysis and start rolling it out into bigger solutions. But, and that's just kind of how I approach things. So, so following that lead, a really quick, a really quick ex- uh, example or advice is look at your, um, your email marketing system, you know, uh, of course, a uh, uh, industry favorites Clavio. So, so take a look at that. I mean, take a look at a newsletter. Are, are you sending the same newsletter to the entire list? If the answer is yes, you're doing it wrong. It's really that simple. Right, because what we what we know, and, and you brought it up too, is, is segmentation. It's that's the root of personalization. What we know is that when the content is more relevant to the reader, the visitor, the viewer, it's more likely to, to result in the expected outcome. If that is buy something, you're more likely to have them buy something. If you want them to to understand the brand and product value proposition, you're more likely to achieve that goal too. So you take any bit of information you can and you start delivering different content to that user base. Um, so, so email is a great place to start. A- another very approachable area is related product. This is not a new concept at all. But if you think about it, back to my other point on collecting zero and first party data, sometimes it's a direct question, sometimes it isn't. What does that mean? Okay, 
Well, if we know that someone is on, a visitor is on uh, high heels, if they're looking at high heel shoes, we can make some, some uh, assumptions about that visitor. And we can start displaying more relevant content. Um, and so related products is a great area. If, if, they're on a, if the customer is on a particular product page, you, you, you can assume safely a lot about that customer. They're interested in high heels. They've made it this far to that product page. They're interested in high heels. So, so they may not be interested in things like flip-flops. They may not be interested in hiking boots. They're interested in something a little more formal. Um, and so, so, you know, what you shouldn't display as an, as a counter example is in related products on that product page, you shouldn't show flip-flops. You shouldn't show hiking boots. You want to make the related products, this, you know, age old concept intelligent. That's another great way to start. And there's a lot of apps that do this that are very price effective and and what they'll do is they'll they'll they will the app will take into consideration the product page that they're the, the visitors on and in real time analyze what else shoppers are interested in while also interested in that product and it will return to screen the top 10 products <clears throat> that are often considered when viewing a high heel and uh, and you start to display those items so an idea is you can start displaying other shoes that are in that category. And I'd also recommend expanding that and having um, not just related products, but products that pair well with that product. Maybe another ribbon of products uh, in a different category, such as pants that are relevant for those high heels or a top that are relevant for those high heels. So those are, those are easy ways. Most merchants and most e-commerce themes come with a related product section. So the next step, that's out of the box. The next step is making those those recommendations intelligent. So you said making making the recommendations intelligent. Yes. So those are uh, two great ways to start uh, engaging with personalization that has a low uh, entry, uh, a, a low barrier to entry in both cost and implementation, and can easily start to. But both of those will result. And improved conversions, and and that'll help the merchant kind of start to bite off more into personalization, makes it more approachable. Okay, that's that's super interesting, Thomas. So what I picked up from what you just said is start out with email, right? Um, start personalizing your email, even if it's from a segmentation standpoint. There will be certain behaviors, certain preferences, segments of your database would prefer start from there because those are conversations that fill one-to-one to customers, segment your email marketing strategy. And this is beyond flows, right? This is more newsletters and the way you communicate offers to your audience. And then the second is more in the merchandising section, which is the related products and recommended products. Um, Just intelligent recommendation and there are tools out there to, to help you expedite, you know, um, the pairing, you know, whether it's based on what you viewed or, you know, based on what you're likely to buy together, the bundles, the, the, so very intelligent bonding, um, from you, 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 you mentioned the stack for email, the de facto stack, um, there, there, there's Clavio. We must say that other providers such as Emasis or Omnisend, 
um, and a few others, right? But in the um, in the related in the um, in the merchandising piece for personalization, given the fact that most of our listeners are running Shopify or maybe big commerce, um, what what recommendations would you would you have from a tech stack perspective? Great question. Rebuy. That's a, it's an easy answer. The the the, the uh, platform is called Rebuy. And it's terrific. Um, I know, know those founders well, and they've they've grown to a, a really um, large uh, platform, very successful, very effective. And now they've reached into other areas beyond just recommended products on the PDP. They have an intelligent cart drawer. It actually can fully replace the cart drawer. Um, inside Shopify and other platforms, and makes uh, makes that intelligent as well. You can start introducing recommended products based on what's in your cart. Um, it has you know some some great subscription features and uh, loyalty features uh, that plug into other third parties as well. It's a really really great great system. Interesting. Really, really interesting. Okay. So, um, we'll, we'll link to rebuy in the show notes. I've come across rebuy a few times and, um, you know, given your strong recommendation, I would, you know, sort of look into it again. So the, the other question I have was more around you, well, from a personalization standpoint. So, so once you've got those basics sorted, merchandising piece and an email piece what do you think the the more intermediate e-commerce merchant or brand would start looking into to for personalization or to personalize their their their, their users experience or shoppers experience on, on their website yeah, uh so i'd say if um if on the scale of personalization if we're making kind of three categories one is maybe beginner intro and now we're an intermediate and then there's advanced. And so, uh, you know, and, you know, it's starting to talk as you've asked more about the kind of intermediate personalization is, you know, it depends a little bit on brand to brand. I mean, this is something that we love to do and a really great app, but you know, we, we like to think of the brand holistically and understand their products and customers and, and their, their different, uh, offerings um, but some great examples that that we've worked on and are really proud of is we worked with a really great um, uh, water filtration system for consumers. You know, they've got pitchers and uh, uh, in fridge filters and under sink filters. And of course, you know what what they came to market um, uh, being uh, finding the current offerings in market a little. Um, a little uh, trumped up by marketing, uh, and and thought that they could build it better, and they and they really have the technology is there. It's incredible, and that's their their approach to market is is very scientific, which can be hard to convey digitally to the average consumer. Um, so the challenge there was as we you know redesigned their site for for scale and growth. We also wanted to really push the values of the brand and the products. But in a very approachable manner, this brand is clearly filtered, and um, and, a, and a really terrific uh, 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 brand. But 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 to personalization specifically, <clears throat> what they have done is create a relationship 
with the only database of municipality water in, in the entire nation. Um, so, you know, well beyond the state, beyond the city, right into the actual county, they have real time data um, uh, on the 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 health of water, what's found in the water, contaminants in the water throughout the entire nation. So uh, they have access to this information, which is not easy to do. And it's not easy to actually get access to, meaning through they, there is no API. Um, so, so being able to surface that on the site was a challenge itself, but, but here's where personalization comes in. We're asking the, the, the visitor for their zip code. And when we receive that, <clears throat> you know, back to the, to the earlier conversation, I, I was saying there's multiple ways to interact with, with customers for personalization and getting that data here. We are asking the customer to provide their zip code. They don't have to, but if they do, we can tell them exactly what's in their water and make a better recommendation on the product and filter needed to remove the contaminant, con, con, <laughs> the, 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 the bad stuff found in the water. The contaminants, always, yeah. yeah. Contaminants, contaminants yeah. yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, that, that fits their needs better based on their, their location. Um, and, and then we can show them reports <clears throat> of how the filter helps based on the, their, their water source. Uh, and so, and then of course doing that in a, you know, we're not, we're not letting them download PDFs. Uh, we're doing it in a, in a user-friendly manner. Uh, if, if that's an intermediate, you know, um, solution, then I, I can't wait for the advance. Um, what, <laughs> what, what's the name of the brand, by the way? Uh, it's clearly filtered. Clearly filtered. Uh, I'm just um, noting that that down. F- clearly filtered. So, in what I gathered from that terrific example is a unique blend of a content marketing strategy with personalization to drive a, to drive a very unique user experience to help them to drive. So, so it's like we're using content. We're going to personalize the content and then we're going to deliver a, a fantastic merchandising experience for the customer, you know, based on, you know, those preferences. And, and so they're going to see unique information to their location, their zip code, as well as the perfect products that match, you know, the, the challenges they're having. I think that is a fantastic, you know, it's strategic. It's, it's, it's a very strategic place. So how was it devised? Was it led by the brand? Did you guys brainstorm that use case? How, how did you come up with, with that solution? Because it is really interesting. Uh, so um, we at Bayer are, are structured, we're, we're wired <clears throat> that, that, you know, what is being asked of e-commerce, what's being asked of brands and its consumers is a mutually beneficial relationship between consumer and brand. <clears throat> this continues to evolve, become m- more deeper uh, every generation. Um, you know, I guess maybe starting with millennials. <clears throat> that is what the shopper wants. They, they want to care about the products they're buying. They want to know more about the story of the brand and the value propositions. And they want to share that with others. They want to be proud of the things that they're buying. So it's all in creating a mutually beneficial relationship between customer and merchant. So this brand came to market 
with the, the, the genuine desire and success at creating a better filter. And so that's a message everybody would be receptive to. It's a matter of how to get the customer to hear that message from this new brand when they were new, They're, they've been around a while now, mm-hmm. and, and believe in it in, in a way that sticks with them. And so that's kind of where the heartbeat of this is and where personalization can always play a role as you're trying to solve the goal of creating a mutually beneficial relationship. For this particular case, the merchant already had this feature on their site, but it was cumbersome to use and it was hard to find and the recommendations weren't part of a natural purchase journey. Mm. So what we did is is took the concept and said, this actually has a lot of, of power behind it. It's being underserved. So when we went to redesign the entire site, uh, which was not not needed for this particular portion, but but overall that was the goal that we were working with the client. We thought about this feature, this personalization feature with zip code and product recommendation. We thought about it from the top down. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't a bolt-on feature. It mm-hmm. was deeply considered through the entire customer journey, as well as an overall vision of how to talk about the benefits of this product in a consumer-friendly way that is very scientific. Mm. Um, so, so all of that came together uh, uh, to, to, to create a good user experience. I mean, we, we are great thought leaders. We are great strategists. We do this in a lot of different verticals and industry. But what makes us really successful in, along with that is collaboration with our clients. That's the best part. That's actually what that's that's our secret weapon, right? Is is actually working with the clients and and digging in and and then looking at the data and seeing how customers are using the site and then making strategic recommendations. Yeah, of, oftentimes you you never know if you're sitting on a gold mine till till it's you know till you you sort of join heads together to 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 to, to, to see the data, and that's what these clients did, did with yourselves. I've just gone through the process and it took it took just about 10 seconds to go through that entire survey. It's an initial survey which is get started on their website and um, I just put in a New York postcode and it gave me the 12 contaminants there. So contamin- contaminants there. So, so I guess um, they need to just make sure that the data is always accurate and then they, they sell based on, on data. And, and there's a segment of us, a significant segment of, of us humans. I, I was reading this, um, I was reading this, this, this white paper or report is a research paper on, um, the certain sort of, for, for human beings, um, for all human beings, they're, they're kind of like four or five categories of what drives us. Some of us are very emotive, so we need a story. Um, some are, are based on pure data, and I can't quite remember the other three parts. I'll share in the show notes what, what the other three you know three drivers are. So it's very, very interesting on, on there um, with regards to, to really digging into what they, they already have and 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 creating a per- and using it to to drive a personalization strategy you know um and, and that's their moat right there you've used their moat to to really drive um you know better merchandising on, on their sites and site load times are actually quite good under two seconds 
Okay, so um, moving on to like the the more advanced applications of of, of personalization, what, what 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 use cases do you have, and what do do more advanced um, and they don't need to be enterprise examples. They, they they could be, you know, essentially ops, you know, startups that that have you know grown quite rapidly, and you think personalization is really really driven um, or has been part of their their their, their, their rapid growth. Yeah, I, you know, we I have uh, you know many more examples in intermediate, I guess. But I mean, your your reaction was uh, you can't wait to hear about advanced if that's intermediate. Um, and, and I guess on the scale for me, <clears throat> advanced is um, uh, using um, you know potentially a third party CMS content management system plugged in with uh, you know real time data analytics. Um, uh, you know, something like um, nine-tailed and, and actually refactoring all of the content on your website based on any type of information that's being delivered to the browser from, from the visitor. So, I mean, that, and that's, that's as advanced as it gets. Uh, so, so basically the concept there is, um, you know, all of your content on your site, homepage, PLP, PDP, blogs are all driven from a third-party CMS that has alternative images and content based on customer data. From a, from a CDP? Yeah, a CDP, uh, also a data warehouse, um, or, uh, uh, you know, pl- like Ninetailed can in real time um, build segments within your CMS, pulling in data from... Uh, whatever data sources you have, as an example, Contentful being, uh, you know, and Sanity, really great CMS platforms um, that work with with those that that technology stack. And so, really, what you're doing is, you know, a little more into the camp of the North Face example from the beginning of the podcast, but mm-hmm. but carrying it much further. Not not just the homepage hero. Uh, but but actually every part of the site, right? So so now you need to pri- if you're in Miami, you're going to prioritize weather dependent, geographical dependent information. So you, you'll you would suppress any type of pants and uh, rain gear, um, you know, Gore-Tex, uh, you know, insulation and down jackets. You're going to deprioritize through the entire customer journey well, you have the navigation. Be very, you, have, you have to be very careful because there, there'll be some Miami customers who want to go to Seattle or want to go to Antarctica and they, they're really in the North Face because they know North Face as, you know, the, the all weather brand that, you know, stocks, you know, all, you know, um, those kind of products so they can pack and, and travel. So the, 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 it's nuanced, right? It is big. It is very nuanced, and an IP alone is becoming uh, difficult to rely on just by itself. So, um, but but the, the, the you know the the core of personalization is taking what you you know and uh, and doing something with that information, and how far you take that, and you you know of course in all of this you have to monitor proactively monitor the data and see if it's if it's rendering success. You know so. The concept is okay. Well, if we lose a, cus- a couple of customers coming from Miami that want to go to Antarctica, or it's it, we're providing friction for those, is, is that worth the greater good that that actually showing 
you know, bathing suits and, and, and shorts and short sleeves. Is that, is that worth the conversion we're having over there? And it becomes mathematical. It's, you know, it's, it it's does. yes or no. And it yeah, does. yeah. So, 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 so what you're, you're insinuating here is front end, a very dynamic head, you know, um, be like a headless setup. So a front end or a CMS that's dedicated to that, that, that works off the back of data. So it, it's manipulatable. It's not just static where you publish you. It's, it's very dynamic. So you could say based on these data variables, we're pushing from the data warehouse, um, you know, based on this display, this, um, then on the back end, you have a nine tailed, um, which might, which could be powered by, by the d- data warehouse or a segment, um, you know, .com is CDP, which is a customer data platform. Is, is that kind of like the, the rough architecture there? Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. 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 So, so I guess you'd need to be dealing with huge data sets, you know, to, to make this worthwhile. Right. Um, Oh yeah. Talking. yeah, and you have to have the traffic too, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. You have to have yeah. enough traffic for this yeah. to be statistically yeah. significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traffic on the one hand, and also even the um, the variety on on your site. Even if with this, even if it's a simplistic website or you know limited merchandise, I guess prior data would would dictate what you do if you need it, right? Exactly. It's interesting. Interesting. I actually prefer the intermediate re- <laughs> examples. <laughs> do, 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 you said you have, you have, you have, uh, we have, we have, we have a bit of time for just one more example of intermediate, you know, use of personalization. So if, if you have an example, please share. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, let's see, I guess, um, there, there's several, um, we, we do a lot of work with meal delivery. Um, I'll make, I, I'll do two. I'll make this one really brief if we've got the time. Meal okay. delivery is the the lesson with with personalization is as you're starting to seek, uh, as you're starting to seek uh, customer data, you, you can't ask too many questions. I mean, you, you made a great point of, of the time it took you to get through the clearly filtered zip code quiz. You can't you can't uh, have too many questions because customers get paralysis by analysis, right? So there can be too much friction <clears throat> in trying to get that data. It also has to be natural. If a customer ever says, hey, why do you need that? Why, why do you need that information? Um, you know, often brands will ask for date of birth unnecessarily. They want to send you a simple email for your birthday and, you know, just people don't want to give it. They don't care. Um, so there, it has to be a good reason. Meal, meal, meal delivery brands have a very natural place of asking um, food preferences, and allergies, you know, especially uh, you know nut allergies, tree nut allergies, um, or or lactose allergies, or a dislike for fish. So there's there's a great way to to ask for that information that's that's actually really imperative to the function of the business and customer happiness. But it also gives you the edge to to market against that. So you can uh, start um, promoting more foods that are within their dislikes. And uh, that, that's a way to start, you know, um, segmenting your, your email list as you release new food products. But, but I'd say the, the bigger use case is what we've seen a lot of is around in the baby space. So um, uh, infants and toddlers and children, Sarah Belly is a great brand that does this extremely well where they provide um, uh, nutritional pouches um, for, for children 
and they gear the formula. They, they, they formulize the, the pouches based on different phases of growth. So they recommend consuming, for example, more carrots during the developmental phase of eye growth. Um, and, uh, and so the more you electively interact with the, the brand, the more it can intelligently recommend the products to your children, more, even more than one child. You can start creating profiles for multiple children. So, of course, age plays a role in that. Um, and it can be as simple as asking for age as opposed to date of birth. That's a little bit more approachable. Uh, and then you, it, they actually are very successful at, at asking different questions around milestones, such as, is your baby starting to crawl? Is your baby walking? Is your baby talking? And these are natural questions under the, the overall umbrella of trying to provide a better product to your children. And it's all elective. Um, I understand some people are really protective of, of their children's information, and that's, that's perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that. But it's about finding that, that middle ground of, of you know, really actually adding benefit. And, and then once you do, once you start collecting that information, if we know the child's two, you know, we're, we're not going to, to start, we're, we're going to start uh, surfacing content that's more relevant to parents with two-year-olds. So we're going to start, we're going to stop surfacing content around crawling uh, and walking, assuming that that's already happened, and start talking about the next phase of life, which is interacting and socializing with other children and being able to share. And so you can relate this uh, beyond the product, but into content like educational information and yeah. blogs and articles that that help educate parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I was to look at this from a database management perspective, just from a data level, rather, if listeners were to sort of look at the business from three perspectives, one customers, you know, so what questions, what pieces of data can I get from customers? That's a big question. Um, and then the other is their content. You know, how can we categorize our content? So they, they should start building a content repository um, that's, that's tagged and somehow linked to some of those tags they've established with their customers. And then the, the final piece from, this is just from what I gathered, is is their products, you know, their merchandise. How can we link our, our, our products, our merchandise categories, product types with content as well as customers? So everything is personalized at, at those three levels and the experience that you deliver off the back of it is a great merchandising experience that's seamless with a content marketing strategy that's also quite relevant to, to, to what each and every customer is seeing because all of that tagging has been done effectively all around the board. Um, please, please correct me if I'm wrong or, or add or. No, you're exactly right. Um, you know, personalization is is rooted in data, and and data is only as powerful as 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 you have it stored and can access. So you need to be able to action that data. Uh, it needs to be in a place that that you can action. What's great about Shopify and its ecosystem is the care in which these platforms and technologies integrate with one another. So Rebuy, for example, 
um, the, the way to make this approachable because it, it gets intimidating quickly. But the way to make this approachable is to start small. Um, Rebuy, for example, will do the data work for you. And then it pushes that data into Klaviyo. It integrates with Klaviyo. So at that point, uh, you can start actioning against it um, directly within Klaviyo. And it's it's less of a headache of, okay, well, do I need a, uh, a data warehouse and a data silo? And how do you know, how to spend and architect that, um, you know, you can start small and start with these the, the, these different systems that work within Shopify's ecosystem and integrate with one another. Absolutely, absolutely, Thomas. Thank you so much for for, for sharing, you know, your insights on, on on this pod about personalization. I learned a, a thing or two, um, and thank you for your patience because we had in, we were having like technical issues initially. But before I let you go, there's a final question I have, which is more around platforming. You know, so in in your opinion, so so from from what I could see at the Bear Group, you guys support Adobe Commerce, which is previously Magento, Shopify, and Drupal. And the focus of this conversation has really been on Shopify merchants because most of you listening to this podcast run Shopify, I'm assuming, and some of you also run big commerce from the surveys I've carried out. So. What is your opinion about Adobe Commerce? You know, um, with, with from a personalization standpoint as well as um, an adoption standpoint, where, where where is it in the landscape? Is is Shopify sort of um, you know eating its lunch, or um, is there space for for everybody to sort of coexist? Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, it, it, it's the a, a topic for the past ten years and probably the next. Um, Yes, we are believers that there's um, uh, a, a large enough market for for all all players, uh, and so most certainly Adobe um, is is extremely relevant and very reliable and and absolutely uh, applicable and recommended for certain merchants. Uh, we start looking at it at based on technical needs, especially from a back end point of view, in relation to you know. Uh, unique ERP systems um, and other integrations for running back of house business for merchants. Uh, often, the leap from a 300 store uh, physical store to e-com, um, they have a very sophisticated and uh, you know long-standing technical needs and uh, back end needs. And, and often, Adobe is a great spot for that. Another great, historically great place for Adobe is B two B. They've, you know, just made a huge, uh, uh, carved out a huge place in the market for B two B. You know, Shopify has released some really great B two B features, even as recent as last year. Um, you know, they're they're getting rid of their wholesale channel. They're producing and 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 replacing it with a new feature. They're they're calling B two B Shopify B two B. It's it's young. But there's a lot of promise with it, and we're excited about that. But still, for the time being, Adobe's uh, you know a, a great fit for for B two B. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, in, interesting stuff, Thomas. Um, thank you for for coming on on the Two Commerce podcast again, and um, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation around you know um, around personalization. For those who want to find out more about Bear Group, it's beargroup.com. That's B E A R Group G R O U P. Dot com. Um, I've sent you a LinkedIn request. We'll link to your your LinkedIn. Are you active on any other social media platforms? Um, pretty much LinkedIn is is LinkedIn's the best resource. Okay. All right. So we will link to you in the show notes for those who enjoyed the conversation and want to follow through. Thank you very much for coming on the Two X E Commerce podcast.
Thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. I really appreciate it. Cheers. 